0: Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. This is session number 160, uh, an even 160. As we return to the Council of Elrond, we are in session, I think this is number 36 uh, in our discussion of the Council of Elrond, um, which As I was saying to you guys on Discord before we started, that totally counts as breezing through. I said we were going to breeze through the Council of Elrond, and we totally are, right? I mean, what (laughs) what does breezing look like to you, right? Anyway, uh, welcome, welcome back. So, I am excited because tonight we are getting to the uncloaking of Saruman the Unwhite. Um, This is... um, uh, this is a really fun moment and I'm especially excited to follow up our discussion uh of uh, uh to to follow up our discussion of the uh the wizard colors uh that we did last time. So that was uh that was really cool. Uh and uh, of course it's uh, going to be important to sort of put that to the test in a sense by looking at how that fits with the passage that we're going to be looking at this week. Um no big announcements this week. I just wanted to, uh, first of all, thank everybody, uh, you know, who participated in the uh, Webathon this past weekend. That was a lot of fun. uh, we have several of the sessions that are posted on that, a couple others that are coming soon. If you missed the two sessions that I did last week, uh, the are my two big sessions on Signum University and our future, um, those are going to be posted, videos of those are going to be posted soon. Uh, should be by tonight, should be the uh, the Signum Who We Are session that I did last Thursday night will get posted, and then uh, soon... Thereafter, the state of the university address that I did on Saturday uh, will be posted. Um, so those are going to be coming up soon. Excited about that, um, but really just really just interested to share the stuff that's going on uh, at Signum here. So um, anyway, just keep an eye out for that, and uh, hope you guys will consider sharing those things. We want to help to spread the word about cool things. That, you know, as um, you know, I was talking to my. Uh, I was at uh, my a little sort of extended family uh, party this past weekend. And, uh, you know, people were saying, hey, you know, it's um, it's kind of good to hear good news. Right. About, about something going well and doing well uh, in 2020. Uh, and Signum is definitely a happy story uh, in that way. But um, anyway, so but let's get into the less happy story of Saruman uh, and uh, what's going on with him. So uh, I saw some continued discussion of the, uh, the, 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 the colors of the wizards and what they mean. I am feeling the more I have thought about it over the course of this week since our last session, the, uh, the more I have liked the idea that we were playing with last time, this idea of the colors of the wizards being not a question of rank exactly, but rather associated with their job descriptions um sort of academic areas their their callings I guess uh you could even say um and uh and I agree with the sort of consensus mark uh of course um, um was the one who posted the um uh that made the initial post and i i certainly mark agree with your premise about the you know, the gray being the least distinct of these. It's being, it's looking fairly clear, you know, what Radagast's remit is and what Saruman's remit was meant to be, right? And uh, that, um, you know, the gray is a little bit less clear, is a little bit less certain. And I think made even the more so, and there were a couple of you that were emphasizing this um, uh, in the follow-up part of that discussion, that it seems very likely that Gandalf has, just as we were saying that last time, some of the um, irritation evidenced by Saruman in that initial conversation with Gandalf um, would be easily explainable in the context of a kind of academic transgression, right? Like you're 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 moving onto my turf. Um, that Gandalf has been. Um, minding business that was not his, right, that does not in fact relate to the Grey, but has been moving off into the domain of the White, because Saruman has been uh, guilty of, at the very least, inaction, an inaction which has, you know, sort of become more and more obvious even to the rest of the White Council at this point. I agree with those things that, you know, Gandalf may well have already been taking it upon himself to do some things which perhaps the white wizard should in fact have been doing Uh, things which actually were in a sense the business of the white wizard uh the thing that um the thing that particularly strikes me if i had to point to one example of gandalf taking upon himself something which seems to be a white wizard job. It wouldn't be the ring stuff. Um, I mean, in, in a sense, of course it is. You could. Say, I mean, as I was saying last time, the investigation of the Ring of Power would seem to be like the single biggest transgression of academic turf in that sense. But in a different sense, like that was landed on him, right? That Gandalf didn't choose that. He didn't go looking for that. I mean, okay, he went questing for it afterwards. But I mean... When Bilbo found the ring, it wasn't until Bilbo found the ring he just encountered it, right? And you know, a shadow fell on his heart and all that, right? Um, and he began to think about it. It, it. He didn't. He didn't go looking for that. He didn't go trying to figure out that problem. The clearest example that I would, um, the clearest example that I would point to um, of a place where he does seem to me to be crossing the line um, is his, <clears throat> his trip to Dol Guldur. Uh, when he discovers who Sauron really is, um, the one, the time when he meets Thran and and gets the map and key from him for the Hobbit, um, that that seems to me a moment where he is clearly, you know, he's investigating. I mean, maybe not. You know, they didn't know it was Sauron officially. So, I mean, I guess Saruman probably did, but uh, the rest of them didn't. Um, but again, like there's a dark wizard. Is this Sauron or one of his chief servants? How does this play into, you know, a potential pattern of uh, of danger to the west? That really sounds like a white wizard job to me. Something that Saruman should have been doing. And of course we know that Saruman is actually sandbagging it, right? Uh, in the White Council at that point. Um, so Again, Gandalf would have some reason to be thinking, okay, I've been patient, right? Saruman, this is Saruman's job, but he's not, somebody's got to do this, right? If Saruman, for some reason, isn't doing it or won't do it, I've got to do it uh, myself. Um, uh, But um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So that's, um, that seems to me a pretty, a pretty open and shut case of him, um, you know, involving himself in every business, whether it belongs to him or not. I think it's a, I think it's fair accusation, uh, in some ways. Um, but, uh, anyway, okay. So let's, um, go, let's move on now to Gandalf's response to that and see how this helps to, um, um, uh, uh to, uh, the rest of their conversation there. Um, OK. Um, yeah, JJ, you're right. Uh, JJ is saying that he's reminded of Tolkien telling Lewis that he should leave the the preaching to the clergy. And Lewis's response was essentially, I'd love to, but, you know, like I, I would, but they're not doing it. And some somebody has to. That is an interesting parallel, JJ. Uh, it would have. I, I wonder what. I wonder what Tolkien would have said had Lewis responded with that, right? Like, man, like it's just like Gandalf, right? You know, and the uh, I mean, I think that um not sure that Tolkien would necessarily have agreed with the premise that uh, you know, the clergy, the modern clergy was parallel to Saruman there. But I'm not sure he would have totally opposed it either. Um who knows? But uh, that's uh that's interesting. Um Okay, cool. Uh so Let's uh let's read the passage. Bricktails, don't worry, I have missed it. We haven't gotten to the last paragraph. We haven't gotten to any of the paragraphs yet. <laughs> all right. I looked at him and wondered. But if I am not deceived, said I, things are now moving which will require the union of all our strength. That may be so, he said, but the thought is late in coming to you. How long, I wonder, have you concealed from me, the head of the council, a matter of greatest import? What brings you now from your lurking-place in the shire?" "'The nine have come forth again,' I answered. "'They have crossed the river.' So Radagast said to me." "'Radagast the brown,' laughed Saruman, and he no longer concealed his scorn. Radagast the bird-tamer, Radagast the simple, Radagast the fool. And yet he had just the wit to play the part I set him, for you have come, and that was all the purpose of my message. And here you will stay, Gandalf the Grey, and rest from journeys. For I am Saruman the Wise, Saruman Ringmaker, Saruman of many colors. Okay, so that last sentence, which is most obviously relevant to the subject that we talked, we, we've been talking about, I um, am tempted to come to last, but actually it's okay. Let's just jump ahead and talk about that. Um, first, notice in that last paragraph the way in which he, don't worry, we're not gonna skip the other paragraphs, we'll come back to them. Um, But um, notice the way that he deploys wizardly titles, right? Radagast the Brown. So let's look at his talking about Radagast first, right? Um, He gives a string of titles for Radagast, which I think have to be understood in some sense To be synonyms, or at least, you know, he's suggesting that they're synonyms. Um, And the last two are insults, at least they're trending towards insults, right? Radagast the brown, his color. Radagast the bird tamer, a sort of parody of his job, right, of his academic domain. He's the friend of birds, right? This is one of the things that he does. Um, And so to slightingly refer to that as bird tamer, okay. Uh, Radagast the simple. Well, now that needn't be an insult. Right? I mean, it's quite possible that I mean, Radagast is in some ways simple. That is, he is living a simple life. He is, uh, you know, sort of living close to the earth. He doesn't have complicated needs. You know, he's uh, he's the friends of birds and beasts. Um Simple isn't necessarily an insult, though, of course, it can be an insult. It also suggests that he's, yes, exactly, that he he means it as simpleton. But see, but my point there, Michael, is that I think he's punning on the word there, right? Radagast is, in one sense, in the more kind of positive sense, he is simple. His concerns are simple, right? Or at least might look so. He's not part of, you know, webs of policy and he's not, you know, sort of setting his mind in strategy against Sauron. You know, that's not his role. Um, he, His role, it would seem, as far as we can tell it, is in fact simpler, right? Um, but th- there's a kind of simplicity, again in a good sense, about uh, Radagast's role, and perhaps even Radagast personally, um, uh, a single-mindedness. Again, the fact that he's not a traveler. So the fact that he's a friend of birds and beasts doesn't preclude that, right? I mean, you can be the friends of birds and beasts and still travel around. I mean, in fact, I would rather expect it, frankly. Um, you mean, I'm glad he's the friend of birds and beasts in Mirkwood, but aren't there birds and beasts outside of Mirkwood that might profit from his friendship conceivably right but gandalf says you were never a traveler right he's just that's not how he rolls that's not what he does and so again it suggests that there is a kind of an increase an increased um you know simplicity uh to radagast's purpose job you know life or whatever um but um Uh, But anyway, I'm not trying to avoid the fact, of course, that he's obviously meaning to insult him. But my point is, notice there's there's a progression here, right? Radagast the Brown, statement of fact, that's his title, right? Radagast the Bird Tamer, unkind characterization of his specialty. Radagast the Simple, pun, right? Something which could be a compliment, but probably not even really meant as a mean in any case has a heavy overtone of insult and then finally radagast the fool just simple straight up insult with no um no combination at all right um uh, yeah uh Dracon Tarakni, I agree. Uh, Saruman, unlike Tom, does not consider having Earth under your under your uh, under your you know on on your fingers to be a f- to be a virtue. Yes, exactly, exactly. I think that uh, Farmer Maggot and Radagast would probably get along quite well, right? And I think that Tom Bombadil would respect Radagast as he respects uh, at least as much as he respects Farmer Maggot. Um, I agreed, agreed on all that. Um, uh, but again, so. You see what I'm saying about the trend there, about the the the, the this, this sort of direction there, um, but um, the first one is one of the most intriguing. If this is supposed to be a, a sort of a set of like a, a restatement, like a refining a, or a clarification, a sort of a a a, a, a sort of there's something almost. Um, there's something almost, not exactly syllogistic. That's not quite the right word, but it's almost like a proof. If you see what I mean, he's Radagast the Brown, ergo, Radagast the Bird Tamer. That's what that means. Ergo, Radagast the Simple. That's what that means. Ergo, Radagast the Fool. Right? There's a kind of logical progression, almost. If you see what I mean in that, um, and uh, and and so again, I I, I think that. Saruman certainly seems to identify the brown as meaning the bird tamer, right? Again, that's, I don't think Saruman is making an attempt to do a, uh, a fair-minded and, you know, holistic summary of what it means to be the brown. Um, he is meaning to be slighting and insulting while doing it. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Carrie the one says uh this is seems to be Saruman's counter to needing the union of all our strength. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't uh or I'm mean, really, of course, you could say that uh this is sort of the um not exactly the not not exactly a counter so much as a uh maybe he doesn't consider Radagast a strength at all, right? I mean, there's no, like, what strength is there to unify with uh, when it comes to Radagast? Um, Notice, he didn't give Radagast a recruitment speech. Didn't happen, right? And presumably, that is at least partly because he considers Radagast functionally a kind of non-entity, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah. Oh, good. I like that, Matt. I'll try to come back to that point uh, that you were just making there in a second. Um, Okay. Yet he had just the wit to play the part that I set him. Um, Notice the thoroughness of the sense of superiority there. Um, Radagast is a fool, right? And possibly also an idiot. Um, but, fortunately, he had sufficient wit to play the part that I set him. My, you know, my wisdom and my intelligence is so much greater than Radagast's uh, that, um, uh, you know, I manipulated him into playing this particular part, uh, which, you know, knowing exactly the level and scope of his wit, right? Um I set him this part, which he played. Um, but of course, wit is also a little bit, um, is interesting. He had just the wit to play the part I set him. Sounds like he he was just, uh, wit sounds like it's referring to his intelligence, right? Um, and yet he seems to be just as much, it's not Radagast's stupidity that he's playing on. It's Radagast's integrity that he's manipulating, right? Which is why I think he's Radagast the simple and Radagast the fool, right? Only a simple-minded person, um, only a fool, uh, would, you know, believe what Saruman told him, would, you know, would, would play the part that he set him. Um, I think it seems to be sort of, really actually less about wit for you have come, and that was all the purpose of my message. And here you will stay, Gandalf the Grey, and rest from journeys. Um, more than ever, this is the second time that Saruman has explicitly associated the title, the Grey, with journeying, right? Um, Gandalf the Grey, wandering about all the lands, right? Um, he did that just on the previous, uh, in the, you know, in that earlier paragraph there as well. Um, here you will stay Gandalf, the gray and rest from journeys. It sounds like whatever the job. And again, I agree with everybody that gray, uh, that, you know, as, uh, people were saying, uh, Gandalf is kind of a gray area. Um, it's, it's it's much less clear exactly what his designed remit is supposed to be. You know what his academic area is. We had some sort of theories that I think is um, um, is is good. Is, is is you know I think we we had some ideas that were that were that were excellent, but but I don't feel like I could make a job description right based on it. You know wh- whereas again it's a little bit, I mean I'd still be guessing if I made the job description of Radagast less so I think with with Saruman. I think I know Saruman's job description, right? You know, he was designed to be the enemy of Sauron, right? He's supposed to be leading the yeah, I get those things that Gandalf gets praised for doing after his return, right? When he returns as the white explicitly um, you know, having taken over that role. And performing it and doing it well. So all the things that are said in praise of Gandalf and describing what he's doing at the you know at the the last debate at uh, uh, you know after the fact, um, you know what he he says I was the enemy of Sauron and all that kind of thing. Um, but um, uh, anyway, so whatever the gray was, it is clearly I think in Saruman's mind at least associated with traveling associated with journeying, with wandering about the lands. Because now he is going to retire from being the Grey. One way or another, Gandalf will not be the Grey anymore, as far as Saruman is concerned, right? Either he is going to change his color and join with Saruman, or he is going to be deprived of his color. But one way or another, he is going to rest from journeys. For I am Saruman the Wise, Saruman Ringmaker, Saruman of many colors. And this is the point that Matt was making before, that when he gives his own titles, he reverses the progression, right? Brown, bird tamer, simple, fool. And with himself, he starts with wise, ringmaker, many colors. Um, and I think, Matt, you're exactly right about that. I think that the logic of his descriptors is precisely reversed in ways that make perfect sense, right? Radagast the Brown, yeah, yeah, he is Radagast the Brown. Let's look for a minute at what that means, shall we? Saruman seems to be saying, yeah, he's the Brown. Therefore, bird tamer, simple, fool. And himself, he's building up from the ground up, right? Who am I? I am Saruman the Wise, I am not a fool nor simple like Radagast. I am Saruman Ringmaker. That is my role. That's the equivalent of bird tamer. That's what I do. That's what it means to be me, right? Uh, And then, so there's like the the sort of the over, uh, and then finally the reveal of his new title that he's made, Saruman of many colors. I embrace all of the things, right? I am the master one to do all of the roles, um, which if we're correct in understanding the relationship, the significance, I should say, of the colors, right? It means it's an identification of what you do and who you are, um, what your remit is. He has all the remits. Right. He has all the jobs. Um, Exactly, Freebird. That's exactly what I'm thinking, that he's he does it that way. He does it in reverse, exactly as Matt was uh, observing, because the whole many colors thing is new. Right. So he uses it. He 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 sort of boils down Radagast's, um, you know, role nature right down to its essence. Radagast the Fool is clearly the essence of it to Saruman, right? And then he starts himself up from the opposite direction in order to... review. Because, again, just start with Saruman of many colors, right? That doesn't make sense. Um, Notice now, uh, for instance, how um, he has... How Saruman has also shifted his... Just as he is kind of twisting Radagast's own um, title, job description, right, um, uh, to Bird Tamer. He's also twisted his own. He is, he has studied the Rings of Power. He is trying to oppose the enemy, but he's twisted that, right? He's twisted that around until he is now a ringmaker trying to surpass the enemy rather than merely to oppose him um yeah cool cool um awesome awesome um oh, good. hey uh, uh by the way welcome to what uh Jeeb i think they're on twitch chat somebody just caught up with us and is joining us live welcome glad to see you uh and you can feel free to uh join of course you will hear me referring talking to other people and i'm talking to a lot of them in our discord chat which is there in the link i just sent um yeah there we go um cool um yeah good irindis uh i like that point um uh good and angrist's point uh as well um Angra says, "If we uh, if we you know subscribe to the academic discipline viewpoint, the many colors also points to a claim to complete knowledge. Yes, exactly. I am the master of everybody's job, right? And it is you know Tiber says Saruman and Gandalf for meddling in other people's business. Well, exactly. But if everybody else's business belongs to you, then you're not meddling, are you? Right? That's kind of that's, that's exactly the point." Um, and Irindis was just saying that the word order may also be to emphasize that his own title is self-made, whereas we've been speculating that the other colors are assigned with duties of a sort. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it is, and of course, Ringmaker, right? You know, he's he is pointing at his own ability to make power as well, right? You know, so just as he has made his own ring of power which, again, we don't know 100% sure what it does, as we were discussing last time, um, he, uh, uh, he also has made his own title. He's made his own identity. He's made his own path. This is just a reflection of how wise he is, right? That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Whereas what's folly? Folly is just doing what you're told, right? Like Radagast, the simple, right? Who has just the wit to play the part that I said. I'm like, what, what a perfect Radagast job? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell him to do something and sucker him into doing something he doesn't even realize he's doing. Right? That's that's what that's what fools do who follow orders uh, and who you know try to like obey and stuff. Um Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, oh I, I like that um kizik. You do have a vowel, so that's handy. Kizix, um, uh, that uh, the the business about the union of all our strength, uh, Saruman is sort of trying to counter this in a sense in his boasting, um, by calling himself Saruman of many colors. He's essentially stating that he has and is all their strength. I I have, uh, I you know I I am myself the union of all of our strength. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, that uh, that does seem to be the kind of thing that he's trying to get at. Um, and, Lisa Linda, I do not know. I do not know what his hopes are. Um, you know, what kind of, um, what kind of ringmaker he wants to be. Um, Lysalinda asks, does he want to make rings like the three, the seven, and the nine, or even the one, or is he just trying to give himself another title? Oh no, he he definitely is making literal rings. He's wearing a ring, which Gandalf draws attention to. So I, I definitely think that's a ring that Saruman himself made. Um he's not um uh, you know, Saruman the aspirational ring maker. He's Saruman the ring maker. He has made rings, right? Or at least a ring. Um but what that power is or what um, relationship it stands in towards the other rings of power, I don't know. One thing that seems pretty clear is that it clearly does not give him insight into or power over the three, um, as he seems unaware of... Like I mean, you'd think... Um, Hey, and why don't you hand over that one of the three that you're carrying, Gandalf, might have come up in the conversation, <laughs> right, uh, if he had known. Um, I think it's still concealed from him. Um, and uh, and it's clear that Galadriel is still wearing her ring with no fear of Saruman, right, um, and what power he might bring to bear, whereas when, when, Saur- when Sauron has the one ring, the wearers of the three took them off post-haste. Um, when Celebrimbor was aware of them, of him, of Sauron. Um, So anyway, yeah, so we don't know much detail. I'm, I'm, um, I'm reluctant to say that it didn't do him any good. I don't know how much good it did do him, but Saruman does do a lot and I think it's possible that he was assisted in accomplishing what he does accomplish um, with his one ring. With his, you know, ring. I, I think there's probably one of them. Um, I, I, my guess, and this is only a guess, but I'm guessing Saruman's making one ring. He's not making rings to distribute to other people. I don't think that he has a distribution plan uh, for his uh, for his ring production line. Um, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, Kit, I don't know the mechanism. I don't know the mechanism about... uh, Sauron puts much of his own power into the One Ring. I don't know how the rings, how the Elven rings work. Did Celebrimbor have to weaken and disperse himself in the making of the Three Elvish Rings? I'm not sure that that's how they worked. Um. I think that the Elvish rings are a completely different kind of undertaking than the one ring, than the ring of dominion. But I certainly agree that that's likely to be more likely to be the kind of thing that Saruman was going for, right? And so his ring is likely to be of the Sauron variety. But at the same time, remember, he's earnestly studied these matters, right? Um, and not for nothing, he's he is in fact wise. You can tell because that's what his name is. Saruman means wise man, crafty person. Um, he's and wisdom. In a like searu in the Anglo-Saxon context means wisdom, but it means wisdom in a. Uh, like, cleverness to make things uh, is what it means. Uh, there's, um... Uh... See, actually, Brick Tales, wise and crafty were the same in this way. Um, the word wise, one of the meanings of the word wise meant ability to do stuff. You can still hear this, actually. One place you can go to see what I'm talking about. Um, the King James translation of Exodus. When, after... Moses comes, basically when they, when they start gathering people to make the Ark of the Covenant and the Tabernacle, um, they bring together all of the wise people, um, you know, all of the wise men. And this doesn't mean like the book Learned it, and it doesn't mean, you know, those who are, uh, are, are sage and have a, you know, a great deal of, of, of common sense and life experience. Uh, this means people who are good at craftsmanship. They're bringing the Smiths together so that they can forge and, and make the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle. And the word that's used there is the word wise. And that word searu in, uh, in uh, Anglo-Saxon, searuman, uh, what his name is based on, it means wise. But it means wise more in the sense of crafty. I, I mean crafty in the sense of like, can craft things. <laughs> like Very, very literally is how I mean that. Um, someone who is wise hearted means somebody who, like, when we call somebody good with their hands, like, he's really good with his hands, in the sense that, like, he can make things really well, um, they would have called such a person wise-hearted in Anglo-Saxon. Yes, artisanal. Yes, exactly. Um, um, People who have... The, who have these skills, who are skilled of mind and hand, not only in order So, because it embraces not just quality of craftsmanship, but also like inventiveness, right? Um, for instance, and again, this is another thing that you can see. Um, back in uh, Geoffrey of Monmouth, right? Um, Merlin is very wise as well. Right? And one of the ways in which Merlin's wisdom manifests itself is that he's able to dismantle and move Stonehenge in a heartbeat. Right, Not by magic, but by engineering. Like He can, he can figure out ways to do this, and nobody else can figure out how to do it. Um, I don't remember why they're moving Stonehenge, but they need to move Stonehenge, and so they do. Uh, and it's Merlin who's able to move it. Um, the, the giant's ring. Because uh, uh, reasons, but again, the point is uh, this is this, he's he's very wise, right? And so, and that's why he's able to he's able to figure this out. Um, um, and yes, Musical, you're right. There's a lot of overlap with devices, the devices of Saruman that help them to thwart the enemy earlier on. Um, uh, no, that was pre-writing spoilers in gold, uh, JJ. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, But, um, yeah, yeah, um, good, okay, um, so, uh, anyway, point is, uh, Saruman, the wise Saruman ringmaker, these two things are not, um, they're kind of cumulative, in a sense, right? Saruman... By his name, by his Anglo-Saxon name there, is linked to that particular kind of wisdom. But of course, as several of you guys were observing, um, Saruman is taking unto himself all kinds of wisdom, right? Uh, In making himself Saruman, making himself out to be Saruman of many colors. Um, Now, let's, um, let's go back to the start. Because I ended with the end of this paragraph be, or the end of this uh, pa- passage, because that last paragraph relates most directly to what we were talking about, and I, I'm satisfied. I think this holds up really well with the theory that we were uh, that we came up with last week. Um, but anyway, so Gandalf is wondering. I looked at him and wondered. Um, he wonders why Saruman is insulting him what Saruman is concerned about. Remember, the last thing that Saruman has just said before Gandalf looks at him in wonders is the business about, um, you know, wandering about the lands and involving himself in every business, whether it belongs to him or not, right? Um, And and he says, his response, right, but if I am not deceived, things are now moving, which will require the union of all our strength. I believe that what what Gandalf is saying there is... But wait a second. Are you seriously telling me that now, right now, at this particular time, I should be staying on my own patch, right? That we should all be continuing to work separately, each one focusing only on the things that, you know, they have habitually focused on our own areas of study. Surely, you know, if uh, if we do kind of cross the lines and all work together, that now is the time for that. Right. Uh, Things are now moving, which will require the union of all our strength. So it is kind of my business too, right? They do kind of belong to me. They belong to all of us and we should all be working together. Um, It's a good response. Uh, Good, especially since it doesn't, he doesn't justify himself, right? He doesn't, you know, he's not like, you know, buy it every right to do that. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't argue back, um, he, but he also doesn't capitulate, right? He's not like, uh, um, yeah, oh dear, sorry about that, Saruman. I guess I should have asked permission first, right? I mean, he could be conciliatory. He's not being conciliatory either. He's neither being inflammatory nor conciliatory because he's wondering, right? Wonder, it, he has a bad feeling, right? This isn't going where I think it's going, is it? Is it? Saruman isn't actually angry at me for, working against the enemy, is he? Um, So he makes this statement, and I think he's making this statement in a um, probing kind of way, right? If I am not deceived, things are now moving, which will require the union of all our strength. To which, of course, Saruman responds, um, that may be so, but the thought is late in coming to you which I really like as an answer, by the way, um, the thought is late in coming to you. Um, it, oh, oh, just now it finally occurs to you that collaboration might be a good idea. Remember, being non-collaborative is one of the things that he was um, uh, sort of implicitly accusing Gandalf of before, right? Um, uh, how long, I wonder, have you concealed from me the head of the council, a matter of greatest import. What brings you now from your lurking place in the Shire? How long, I wonder, have you concealed from me, the head of the council, a matter of greatest import? Now Gandalf has to be extremely alarmed, right? Alarmed and alarmed for multiple reasons. He knows. He's got to know. Right. Gandalf has to know, at that point, that Saruman knows or has guessed that Gandalf knows where the One Ring is. What other matter of greatest import? Gandalf knows what he's concealing, right? He has, in fact, concealed from Saruman the fact that he, Gandalf, has found the Ring of Power. Um, this has been confirmed. Remember, he he confirmed this, he, he found the scroll in Minas Tirith, he uh, went and he interviewed Gollum, and since then he's been to the Shire and he's thrown Frodo's ring into the fireplace and he's seen the fire lettering for himself. Gandalf now knows for a fact that Frodo's ring is definitely Sauron's ring. Now course, he's not really had a chance to tell anybody <laughs> since he found this out because he's just come from the Shire. He's just left Frodo behind uh, and come from the Shire. So, um, um, so anyway, that's, but, but he's got to be wor- worried on, on several, on several different levels, Right. Um, yes, Mike says he literally could not have come here any faster. Had he had as soon as he found the ring, right, confirmed the identity of the ring, he'd been like, all right, hang on, I'm gonna go report to Saruman, right? You know, had he had he done that, um, he could scarcely have gotten here much sooner. Um, So I agree, Mike, it's uh, it's a little uh, difficult of an accusation to bring to him. But then again, it's also totally not, right? I mean, yes, he only did just confirm it. But he could have come here on the way, you know, like at least... Well, okay, no, he had to go to Merkwood on the way back from Minas Tirith, but um, at some point in the last 70 odd years or so, right, uh, he could have communicated his concerns, suspicions, fears with Saruman. Now, I think that we have, we've been over this some, and I really like the, again, it was, uh, I'm forgetting, Irindus, was that you? I'm trying to remember who that was, uh, who wrote that wonderful uh, description of this, comparing it to um, a junior faculty member who has unearthed evidence, which seems to invalidate an authoritative claim made by the accepted world expert, who also happens to be a senior faculty member in his own department, right, uh, that the junior faculty member in that instance is going to make sure that his proof is rock solid before he publishes anything, right? Um, and I, I I, still agree with that. You know, Saruman, he, ha- he doesn't suspect Saruman yet, but he believes... Um, the burden of proof is still very much on any claim which disagrees with what Saruman said in the council. Saruman is the expert, um, uh, but um, anyway. So I still like that as an explanation of um, uh, as an explanation of Gandalf's reticence to share it with Saruman. He doesn't have to be suspicious of him. He doesn't have to think that Saruman might be going bad in order to not want to share it, to not want to reveal it yet. Um, Yet, (laughs) JJ says, you know, maybe, you know, he kind of felt him out on this subject and got shot down, you know. So, uh, Saruman, is it? Is it possible? I mean, is, is there even a remote possibility uh, that, uh, you know, uh, somebody could have found the one, you know, that the one could still be around, that it might be discovered? And and Saruman's like, no, it rolled down the river to the sea. I'm telling you, that's not possible. Um, you know, I that, yeah, I, I could imagine something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And yes, Evil Doctor Cannon, you're right. He is also worried about an untimely word and the fear of treachery, right? He's this this secret, this chance is so momentous that he is going to be super cautious about this. Again, there are good reasons for him not to share it, even with the head of the council, right? Um, I would also add there is a certain way of looking at this in which Gandalf could say to himself, it's not even really his secret to share, right? If he goes around <laughs> noising abroad his theory about the One Ring, um, it's not his neck he's putting in the noose, right? Even if, I mean, what if he's wrong? I mean, if he's right, of course, it's a disaster, but he could be wrong in any case, whether or not he's right or wrong, if he says to anybody, that oh yeah like the hobbits back in the Shire totally have I I think you know they they found this ring. I think it could totally be the one ring. Um he is setting them up for some serious trouble. Right. Um this is uh uh this is something that can that would could quite easily kill Frodo, right? This is a again so he he and you know not to mention like all of the of the Shire, right? I mean, you don't want, um, yeah, this is not, that's, that's just not something that you mess around with. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, so lots of reasons for him to keep his own counsel, but notice the, um, notice what seems to me the center of that question. The question, as Saruman asks it to Gandalf, how long, I wonder, have you concealed from me, the head of the council, a matter of greatest import? He makes it into not just an act of sneakiness on Gandalf's part, but of disobedience, right? I am the head of the council. How dare you conceal from me, me, the head of the council, a matter of greatest import, right? Um, that he should be included in, like, the group of people who are on a need-to-know basis about what Gandalf has discovered, that that is not okay, right? Um, his own sense of his own position um, and his own importance, it's a big deal, right? Uh, this is clearly a big deal. It is, in his eyes, um, an act of insubordination, Mike. Yeah, I mean, that that certainly does seem to be the case. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. So that's the phrase that strikes me as um, really important in that sentence. And in the next one, and I agree with you, Ashnazg, um, lurking place, and a couple of you have commented on the phrase lurking place. Um, uh, what brings you now from your lurking place in the Shire? <clears throat> lurking place is a very significant phrase, right? Um is saying that that phrase jumps out at him and he thinks it's because it doesn't line up with Gandalf's reputation for wandering about the lands and interfering all over the place, right? Um, there's a kind of inconsistency there, right? Or at least I think maybe the way to say it is, it is known that Gandalf has no home. He doesn't have a tower. Right, He doesn't have a, a stronghold. He doesn't even have a Roscoebel. Who knows what Roscoebel is like, but he doesn't, whatever it's like, Gandalf doesn't have one, right? Um, so he whose job is to journey about, um, you know, the gray one, which does seem to be associated with journeying, um, why are you lurking in the Shire? Why do you keep coming back to this one place? Why are you focusing so much of your attention on the Shire. So I agree, Ashnozk, there's a sense of, um, it's almost like Saruman, Saruman sounds like he's caught Gandalf out, right? You're clearly doing something shady. Your guilt demonstrates itself. In the fact that you are acting uncharacteristically here, you're acting against your own nature and your own calling by lurking in the shire when you're when you're supposed to be wandering about and involving yourself in every business, whether whether it belongs to you or not, right? Um, but um, uh, but yeah, I mean that's, that's I think that's interesting. But now lurking, he does. There is a clear uh, shading to that word. Right. Um, what brings you now from your lurking place in the Shire? Um, he, uh, he is, um, there's a, there's a darkness there, right? Um, there's an implication of like, he must be plotting something. He's clearly up to no good there in the Shire. Um, I can't help but think it's a little bit—it's a little bit ironic. It's kind of funny in context, right? I mean, if uh, if your lurking place is like your, you know, hideout where you're plotting things that are no good, and where you have like maybe fellow conspirators, right? Maybe there's a conspiracy that could be unmasked, which Sarman is trying to unmask. Um, the Shire is. About as un, you know, murky as po- possible, a place to uh, a place to lurk in that way. I find it a little bit funny, um, but um, anyway, um, Gandalf has got to be extremely alarmed, right? For lots of reasons. On the one hand, the direction that Saruman is pushing things. He was insulting him just now, right, about the the business, whether it belongs to you or not. Um, It was clear that he was affronted, right? But nothing nothing he, Saruman, that is, has said yet to this point, necessarily reveals malicious intention towards Gandalf. I mean, he could just be very tetchy about something, right? So far. Um, In this paragraph, in this speech, Saruman has revealed two really important pieces of information, right? One, he knows about the ring. Two, he knows about the Shire. He associates it with the Shire, right? He is... He's figured that out. Gandalf has to be concerned for two reasons. One, again, lots of red flags here, right? That Saruman, you know, the the suspicion of malice has to be getting stronger, right? But he's not really revealed himself fully yet. It's not until that last paragraph that we started with there um, that he plainly shows uh, that he is um, working against Gandalf and indeed all the other wizards as well. Um, but the suspicion is growing. But even apart from that suspicion, Gandalf has to be terrified. right? Terrified because um, of how much Saruman knows. How does he know all this? How does he know that I found the ring? How did he find out? How does he know that it's associated with the Shire? What could be his source of information? At the very least, because if Saruman found this out, Sauron could have found this out, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, Aranas, it's, I think, fairly clear that Saruman... Is watching the Shire definitely, definitely, um, exactly, exactly, um, yes, good. As Michael D says, lurking. Sorry, I'm catching up with some uh, comments here. uh, That lurking uh, suggests you know it's it's not just that like you know he has a timeshare there, right? That there's a purpose uh, to it. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, um, and agreed. There is no positive, uh, um, no positive connotation for, for the word lurking. Really, um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, good. Evil Doctor Cannon says that lurking is exactly what Saruman is doing in Isengard. Yes, absolutely. There is a there is an obvious kind of. Um, um, Hypocrisy, right? In all of these things that he's uh, accusing Gandalf of, of course. Um, but you're right; the treacherous are ever distrustful. Yes. Um, and Mike is pointing out that there's uh, even a hint of deviousness here in accusing his enemy of doing the shady things that he himself is doing. Um, he's uh, you could you could say that he's kind of, um, um, uh, you know, preparing himself. He's sort of positioning himself uh, for that. Um, yeah, yeah, um, good, good, um, excellent, um, (laughs) yeah, Michael says, Saruman is the master of projection. Gandalf's response. The nine have come forth again, I answered. They have crossed the river, so Radagast said to me. Now, why does Gandalf say that? Obviously, he's not answering the question. He was just asked... Well, okay, he's asked two questions. The first question, how long, I wonder, have you concealed from me, the head of the council, a matter of greatest import? The I wonder renders that into something like a, um, uh, a rhetorical question, right? How long, I wonder, have you concealed from me? That's not a question which necessarily expects an answer. What brings you now from your lurking place in the Shire? He is answering that question, right? Um, why did you... Uh, what brings you now from your lurking place in the Shire? So Gandalf answers the question directly while deliberately ignoring and turning away from all of the very alarming implications of the questions that he has asked and the way that he has asked those questions, (laughs) (laughs) right? I know, Ambrosius, I really honest. to say, who called this meeting anyway? um, uh, The nine have come forth again. They have crossed the river. So Radagast said to me, Now that tone of voice in which I just read them, I don't think is the tone of voice in which Gandalf says them. That's one of the things that I find most interesting to try to imagine in this passage here. Um, what is, what is Gandalf's tone in that line? I mean, one could imagine that the way that I just said it, the, the nine have come forth again. They've crossed the river. So Radagast said to me, that's, that's why I came, right? One could imagine responding to that question in that way. I don't think so, right? I think just as he was saying, but if I am not deceived, things are not moving, which will require the union of our strength. He was, he's probing, right? He is probing. He is pushing uh, to try to figure out exactly what is lying behind this. Um, So he's, he answers the question. And in doing so, deflects, deflects away from the Shire, deflects away from any matter of great import which he might have been concealing from anybody. The Nine have come forth again. They have crossed the river, so Radagast said to me. It is possible, it is still possible, that Saruman intends to help. That Saruman, that he, Gandalf, was right to come here for the reasons that he did, right? He knows he cannot oppose the nine, the witch king, plus all the other eight by himself. Radagast says, Saruman says, if you want help, come and he can help you. Um, Gandalf seems here to be kind of laying it on a line for Saruman, right? Okay. I guess the way that I would summarize Gandalf's tone and approach in that line is, Saruman, I get it. You're upset, right? I get that you're upset. I get that you're, um, you know, you've got it. you You've got beef with me. You think I'm stepping on your toes. You know, you're displeased. I've been keeping something from you. Yes. Yes, and it's kind of exactly in your academic specialty. You found out about my research that I've been doing into contradicting your big claim, your big authoritative claim. I get it. You're upset about that, but hang on. Um, you, you do actually intend to help me do something about the Nazgul, about the nine that have come forth and have crossed the river, right? So he just makes two simple sentences, The nine have come forth again, fact, right? Fact, Um, they have crossed the river. As if he's spelling out the significance, this is the urgent thing, right? Can, Can we deal with academic jealousies later, right? The nine have come forth again. They have crossed the river. So Radagast said to me, so Radagast said to me, he is challenging him there. I mean, there's an implied if there. That's if you told Radagast the truth. You weren't lying, were you? That, so Radagast said to me, seems to me, I know it's just, it's. he's not asking the question, he's not making any accusations, but he's putting this to the test, right? I was told that the Nine had come forth again that they have crossed the river. What are we going to do about this, right? And can you please confirm this information, right, Uh, that I was told by Radagast? No, no, Gandalf does not suspect that Radagast was lying, right? Um, There's no no implication on Gandalf's part. Um, I think there's no fear in his mind that Radagast was lying to him, necessarily. Um, it's possible, Ashnozg, it's possible that he could be trying to ascertain whether Radagast is still trustworthy, but I gotta say, it's not Radagast that he has any reason to suspect, right? You know, he's been... he's been picking up a lot of weird signals off of Saruman since he walked in. From I mean, literally, from when he walked through the gates, or rode through the gates, right? You know, his heart has been telling him something is not right here before he even encountered Saruman and began talking with him. And that has to have been amplified really strongly until now. He is freaked. I think that Gandalf has got to be uh, in at least feeling the impulse to a state close to panic about that speech, about the matter of greatest import and the lurking place in the Shire. Right? He has got to be worried that somehow... He has failed to keep this secret, right? And and it's gone out, and now like everybody is everybody's talking about the ring of you know the One Ring and the Shire, right? Um. So um. So yeah, I I don't think that he's worried about Radagast here. I think that he brings up Radagast in order to confirm this, right? He's not accusing Saruman of anything yet. Radagast told me that these things were true. He doesn't ask him any, he doesn't ask Sarman any question. He doesn't, he just makes these two statements like, if, but, and there's all these implied ifs, right? If Radagast's information is accurate, which he said he got from you, so that means if you told the truth to Radagast, um, and if you still care about being the white at all. Right. Your job is to oppose the Sauron and therefore the nine. Right. They've come forth again. The, sur- the superfluity of that second sentence is interesting. The nine have come forth again. They have crossed the river. Well, yes, that's what coming forth means in this context. Right. But he repeats the thing with a kind of... Um, to, to sort of underscore its significance the nine have come forth again they've crossed the river like they're approaching they are on their way they're coming here they're they're on their way here right i mean right that's what i was told nazgûl galloping in our direction right now we're we're doing something right are you planning to do something about that or not are, is there going to be a union of our strength here, or is there not? Or were you even? Is it even true? Were you even lying to Radagast? Now, any of those questions, any of those um. Uh, any of those implications would be very insulting, to say aloud right he's very he, gandalf is very cautious i don't agree that gandalf is conciliatory here um but he is being cautious he's not making any accusation and he's not he's not being aggressive against saruman at all um uh, yeah yeah um but It's there, right? It's there for Saruman to confirm or to deny. And Saruman responds by richly confirming it, right? No questions, no problems. It leads him to openly avow himself to declare his new title, um, for you have come and that was all the purpose of my message. Yes, Gandalf, I deceived you. Yes, I deceived you. I do not want the union of our strength, except in the sense of me annexing your strength to mine as my servant, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Evil Dr. Cannon, I don't remember either. Somebody look it up in, because um, it's in Appendix B, isn't it? The timeline that says when the Nazgul get to Isengard. The question was Has Saruman actually been in touch with the Nazgul themselves? Not Sauron through the Palantir, but the, uh, the Nazgul themselves yet? I don't remember exactly. Um, Okay. Right, they come after Gandalf escapes. That was my impulse, too. But um, um, yeah, yeah. and that, So when they get there, they're angry because there's no prisoner uh, to give to them. Right, okay. Hey, second slide. I looked then and saw that his robes, which had seemed white, were not so, but were woven of all colors, As if he, and if he moved, they shimmered and changed hue, so that the eye was bewildered. "'I liked white better,' I said. "'White,' he sneered, "'it serves as a beginning. White cloth may be dyed, the white page can be overwritten, and the white light can be broken.' "'In which case it is no longer white,' said I, "'and he that breaks a thing to find out what it is has left the path of wisdom.' You need not speak to me as to one of the fools that you take for friends, he said. I have not brought you hither to be instructed by you, but to give you a choice. Okay. Um. Oh, Green Great Dragon, I think it's almost certain that he crafted this robe himself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Okay. So, um, <laughs> several, several scientists in the audience are uh, uh, a little, uh, little offended by Gandalf here. Um. Uh. I. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Um. Yeah, I think the question of whether you love or hate the quote, he that breaks a thing to find out what it is has left the path of wisdom, is kind of like a, you know, are you a scientist or not question. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Let's come back to that in a second. Let's come to that in due time here. Um, His robes, which had seemed white, were not so but were woven of all colors. And if he moved, they shimmered and changed hue so that the eye was bewildered." Um, I, um, so... I think this is a wonderful image, right? I think that that paragraph captures more than almost anything that Saruman has said how Saruman is imagining himself, especially given what we've seen about the correlation between color and role, right? Between color and job, I guess. Um, We talked about how, in calling himself Saruman of many colors, he is claiming to have all knowledge, right? All wisdom. He is the union of all of their strength, as we were saying earlier. I love how he has encapsulated this, right? You could argue, of course, he could argue that actually black, right? You combine all the colors and you get black, right? So really black is the thing, but no, it's not, it's not that, right? He hasn't combined all of the colors into one big muddy color, right? That's not what he's done. That's not what his robes do. You can see all of the colors still, right? He has and displays each individual color, and if he moves, they shimmer and change hues so that the eye is bewildered. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Right. No, it, it's that Velory. I'm talking about pigment. Uh. When I'm talking about black being, being all of them. Um, not light, yeah, but pigment. Um, we'll get to the pigment versus light thing a little bit later on, right? Um, but, uh, but again, it is not his desire to combine all those things, right? It is his desire to assemble all of those things and demonstrate that he himself is separately the master of each one of these things, right? It's not just that his job, um... Uh, that his job, you know, sort of um, supersedes every other job, right? Um, it's that he can be separately master of each one of their jobs. Like I think it was such a great observation, Irenda, was that you? Um, today who was saying that it's like the, the, the reference to the union of their strength. Um, and the way in which he has convinced himself that he is the union of all their strength, I think that's exactly right. And I think that that's what we can see here, in this, and also the effect, right? The bewildering of the eye, that's part of the, that's part of it also, right? My wisdom is so great, my knowledge is so comprehensive, you can't even understand. Not only can you do not know all of what I know, you can't even, you can't even read the card catalog. Right. Uh, you can't like if you try to even perceive all of the different complexity of me and my wisdom, it's going to it's going to mess you up. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Mike, thank you. September 18th uh, is the date that Gandalf escapes from Orthonk in the early hours and the Black Riders cross the Fords of Isen, So they're almost there, but not quite. Good. Good. Um. Yeah, and for Dauntless, I I agree that there is an element of him sort of trying to, uh, trying to play both sides in a sense, um. Uh, you know, trying to 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 uh, to, to to deceive Sauron as well. This sense in which he believes that he has, or he feels he's trying to convince himself, right, that he's kind of positioned himself and. Uh, He is apart from and superior to everyone, right? And nobody can really, you know, kind of pin him down, right? Um, I liked White better, I said. Uh, This is Gandalf's only response, right, to that speech. Right, to, the, to his reviewing himself, I am Saruman of many colors, that very, as uh, somebody said earlier, a very, uh, a very mustache-twirling speech uh, that Saruman makes. And he just says, in, uh, with some extreme uh, understatement, I liked white better. And then he sneers, white. White is limiting, right? It serves as a beginning white serves as a beginning. That was my launching off point, white was, right? And then he gives the three metaphors for how you can proceed on from the beginning that is white. White cloth may be dyed, the white page can be overwritten, and the white light can be broken. Now of these things, I think there is, again, a kind of logic, I think, to this, right? Um, white serves as a beginning. White cloth may be dyed. That's very simple, right? Um, a beautifully colored garment is obviously... Um, you know, a, a, is obviously... More gorgeous than a simple white, white garments <clears throat> have been associated with sort of purity and simplicity for a long time. Um, uh, so, yeah, like white cloth may be dyed. Um, the thing that's kind of lovely about this is that it uh, there's there are multiple connotations to the things that he. Talks of the comparisons that he makes here, right? There are multiple connotations, um, and he, I think, is perfectly aware of those. Um, aware of those things, right? Um, I don't think that he is unconscious of the white does. You know, a white <clears throat> white cloth, white robes, are associated with purity and simplicity. Yeah, like white wedding dresses, bricktails. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it may be dyed, right? And when is it dyed? It's dyed in order to make a garment of it, you. Make it more expensive when you dye it, right? Uh, you know, you make it richer and more beautiful. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's that's a step forward, right? That's a, that's that's an advance. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I know Valora, you're absolutely right that white garments were a status symbol for a while. Like, if you could afford to keep your clothes white, then uh, yes, yes. Um, cleaning white clothes is harder than cleaning colored clothes, um, as I think we've all experienced at one point or another. Um, uh, and certainly, white is not the default color. Uh, of a lot of, you know, woven garments, right? You usually have to bleach them uh, in order to make them white. Wool is not naturally white, right, in color um, after you've processed it and stuff. Um, Exactly, right. As Kit says, natural fiber isn't white. It takes work. Um, Yeah. Um, but, But still, if you have white cloth, it may be dyed. You can make any color out of it. It's a, it's, again, it's a starting point, right? It's a simple color, but you can, you can, you can do more with it, right? You can, you can, you can make it into any color you want. And again, the thing that's most interesting thing, most interesting to me about the white cloth, uh, um, uh, is it a metaphor? Illustration, I guess, really. It's not exactly a metaphor. Um, his illustration of how white serves as a beginning. The white cloth is particularly relevant because clearly Gandalf has just been noticing Saruman's robes, which used to be white. You know, he used to wear white robes and now he doesn't wear white robes. So his own white cloth, I don't, I don't think it has been dyed. I doubt that that iridescent effect could be achieved through dye. Um, but, um, but still, like, he is responding on the one hand to Gandalf's obvious visual observation, right? Am I? Is my cloth not white anymore? Pfft, no, of course not. Right? White is the beginning. White cloth may be dyed. A white cloth can be made into any color that you want, and I want all the colors. So why should I stick with just white? Um, in a sense, it's um. Uh. In a sense, it is um. It's the most like autobiographical, because in a sense he's talking about not literally, I think, but again, in the sense that the iridescent effect is a product of dye. But um, but sort of figuratively speaking, autobiographically. Right. Yes, I have dyed my white cloths. Right. And that's that's a good thing. Right. That's there's more variety. It encompasses more things. Right. Um, Secondly. The white page can be overwritten. Now, this is less has less to do with him and his clothing, right? Um, but it, this is a really fascinating one, right? Would you say that a white page has been ruined when someone has written on it? Of course not, right? White serves as a beginning. White paper is good, but it's only good because it shows up the writing best right the point of the paper is to receive the writing to receive wisdom right that's what it's for that is the purpose of white by being overwritten by being written on right it is fulfilling its destiny right mm-hmm. that is the point that is the goal of whiteness that one's a good one that one works really, really well. Notice also how it's kind of disarming. I, I said that I don't think that the, you know that these things can be taken in more than one sense. And I think that Sarman is not unaware of that, right? Like, yes, that when you dye white cloth, it is no longer white. And so therefore it's no longer pure. It's no longer simple. Um, uh, I, again, I think he knows that. Again, there I think he's responding to it. Like, are you thinking that I've adulterated my white robe? Nah, it's not an adulteration, right? People do this all the time. It's a good thing, right, to have richer, more beautiful, more, you know, greater variety, to encompass more things in your garments. So enough with the robe, right? And what about paper, right? The white page can be overwritten. Sure, you could say, like, oh, the poor white page gets black ink smudged all over. Like, you have been stained with black, Saruman. Is that what you're about to say, Gandalf? right? that I'm smeared with blackness and my, you know, uh, 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 no, that's the purpose. Ink is good, right? That is wisdom. That is the white page fulfilling its destiny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Good. But I agree. The word overwritten is interesting. Overwritten does seem to imply a palimpsest rather than a fresh page. Palimpsest meaning like one set of things written on top of something else. Um, which does, I agree, Matt, that makes it sound a little more similar to dyed cloth, right? Where you have the cloth and then you just, you, you superimpose another color, another dye uh, on top of the, the fabric. Um, uh, overwritten... I mean, white page can be overwritten. It, yes, when you overwrite something, it's usually not a page. That you're, it's usually other writing, as Matt says, that, you're, that you are writing over and creating a palimpsest. Um, but, um, but, I mean, I think that the metaphor that he is using there is simply a blank page that you can write on. Um, but the word overwritten... I think that he chooses that word. I mean, it's not that you can't say that, right? You can't be like, um, you know, I had a blank sheet of paper and now it is overwritten. Yeah, it's it's written over, right? The blankness is now covered up with writing, which overwrites it. Um, But I think that the reason that he, again, is Saruman, is using that word, Overwritten also implies, in my mind, a, um, a sort of a later step, right? Um, the beginning is the blank page, and then it's overwritten, right? It's improved upon. This is uh, this is the next the next stage in its evolution, right? On top of the whiteness is written print, right? Is is written uh, script? Is written wisdom? Whatever it is that is written on, right, it is added to, and it enhances it and augments it, right? The piece of paper might be worthwhile, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, right, Mike says overwritten suggests overridden. In a sense, yeah, yeah, but that's the point, right? You override the mere blankness of the page. Um, the association of whiteness with blankness. It's almost like he's saying, like, your white cloth. Okay, you're probably thinking like white cloth, purity, simplicity, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I will, I'll see your white cloth and I will raise you a white page. That's also pure. That's also simple. It's also pointless if you never write on it. Right? It never like if you don't take the next step to overwrite the white page. He's emphasizing like the action that is done to the page. Not just the white the action that's done to the page, the action is done to the whiteness. The whiteness is overwritten with uh uh with with letters. So um um yeah, yeah. Um then the white light can be broken. The white light can be broken. I am assuming, of course, that he is... Now, there's nothing especially violent or evil about breaking light, right? Sarman would certainly agree with the physicists, and I'm not sure that Tolkien isn't here. Um, uh, the white light can be broken. What happens when you break the white light? Yeah, you get a rainbow, right? this fits very clearly in his pattern, right? And you can see how this is to Saruman the crowning illustration of white being a mere beginning, right? White light, not real interesting, right? And it's just not, right? Rainbows are beautiful. Rainbows are gorgeous. Just as, so like how beautifully dyed clothes are much more interesting than white cloth. Just as a closely written page containing important knowledge or you know, a literary work or something is much more valuable, right? It's it's much greater than um, much more beautiful than a plain white page. Less pure. Less simple. Right? So much more so, and much more dramatically so. You take the white light, and you break it, and you have the whole rainbow, and multiple rainbows. right? Um, uh... (laughs) I should have known you guys would start quoting Kermit the Frog at me after I uh, started talking about that. Yes, yes. Uh, they do, in fact, have nothing to hide. Uh, belongs, Bond, absolutely. <laughs> um, um, yes. So, um, what you get when you break light is spectacular. It is revelatory. It reveals the beauty that was only concealed within the whiteness. In that sense, it's a different kind of beginning, right? The, the wonder and the splendor and the complexity of what is shown when you break the light, right? So much more than the white light, right? Um, it really is sort of the culmination of the speech. I think it's a, uh, but the word broken, it still sounds harsh, right? There's a reason that that sounds violent, right? You don't have to use the word broken. The white light can be broken. What seems to be revealed here is his attitude. It's one thing to say he could have, I mean, and if had just said something more neutral and wordy, like, isn't a rainbow more beautiful than white light, then that would have been a little bit more neutral, right? But the white light can be broken. I can break it. And after I've broken it, it is a more beautiful thing. The result is beautiful. But the process is violent, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, And I agree, he's showing not only his desire for improvement, but disdain of white. Yes. Yes. Um, Much different from Radagast the Simple. Yes, I go back to that. I was thinking of that as well. Um, Simplicity versus complexity is one of the things that he seems to be going, uh, be thinking towards, right, in contrasting. Him with old hymn, right, with many colors to the white, but also I agree by implication to Radagast as well. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, And then Gandalf's favorite speech, in which case it is no longer white. So let's just pause there for a second. So what is Gandalf saying to Saruman? In which case it is no longer white. It's like he's acknowledging what Saruman has said. That speech by Saruman, the whiteness speech by Saruman, is, I think, his best rhetorical achievement of this whole encounter, right? That's a really, really good speech. Um, Gandalf comes back to the simple fact, in which case it's not white anymore. I'm not arguing that a rainbow might not be more interesting than white light. But the point is, it isn't white anymore. And he's clearly trying to bring it back to Saruman and Saruman's job, right? You have a job. Are you doing your job, Saruman? Or are you doing all of this other stuff, right? Are you being the rainbow or are you being the white, right? Because I don't care how beautiful the rainbow is. I don't care how many, uh, you know, uh, 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 colors, you know, might shimmer and change and bewilder the eye. Um, the white is an important job. You know that's a, that's why you're the head of the council, right? Um, are you are you are you doing it? Or really, he's being even more direct than that. You're not doing it, right? If this is what's if this is how you're going to carry on, right? If this is what you're going to do, you're not the white anymore. You are abdicating the role. You are failing in what you are supposed to be doing. Your job, the rainbow isn't your job. The white is your job. Um, Right. Tora Marthen says, we were all supposed to be the rainbow together to I thought that's why we, we, uh, we adapted the whole color-themed job titles, right? Isn't that the, though I guess gray, brown, and white don't really make an awesome rainbow, um, even if you add blue in, uh, right? Yeah, Bricktails was just saying the same thing. But still, still. Um, uh, and then he adds, and he that breaks a thing to find out what it is has left the path of wisdom. Notice, in the context here of their conversation, the thing that I think that Gandalf picks up on, I think what he's doing is emphasizing... I I, I said, I think that almost all of that speech, the whiteness speech by Saruman, is a really good speech. It's a very effective speech. It's one of the most persuasive things that Saruman says, I think. But he gives himself away in that last word choice. Broken. Right. Broken Um, that the use of that word says clearly, I don't care about the means, only the ends when you break it. Look, it's better. Right. Um, And it's that word broken. It's that violent, that revealingly violent uh, and sort of um, callous word choice uh, that Saruman has used, that Gandalf immediately focuses in on. He that breaks a thing to find out what it is has left the path of wisdom. Is he anti-scientific inquiry? No, but he is anti-violence. He is anti means are more important than the ends. Um, Somebody was earlier on talking about um, uh, vivisection. Yes. I do think that vivisection is one of the things that is in Tolkien's mind here. Is Tolkien anti-science? No. Would he be anti-vivisection? Yes, yes. Would he be very concerned about embryonic stem cell research? Yes, I believe Tolkien would be very concerned about embryonic stem cell research. Um, So if there is a beef that Tolkien through Gandalf is making with science here. That's where the beef lies. It's a means and ends question, right? Um, but the um, the word that he Gandalf is calling Saruman on is broken, right? Oh, so that's what this is about. So that's how you're going on now. That's what your that's what your philosophy is. Break things so that you can. That's what it. So. You said white is a beginning, and you've therefore implied through your comparisons, right, through your through your illustrations, that you should move on from white, right? White is merely a beginning. And what comes next, what is added to it, what it becomes, is the maturation, right, is the consummation of the whiteness. To which Gandalf says two things. One, then it's not white. Then it's doing a different job, and it's not doing its original job of being white. And secondly, um, the breaking, the breaking. If that is how this maturation process is gonna go, if moving on from the beginning means that kind of action, means willingness to sacrifice uh, means, you know, to, 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 to follow any means for the sake of the ends, you've left the path of wisdom. You've not added wisdom, right? I mean, again, and he's directly addressing, this is what Saruman is saying, right? When we become wise, we die, you know, dies become more elaborate, right? As a culture becomes more sophisticated. Um, What is written on the page is much more important than the page, right? It is much, it is like important on a totally different level, right? The page is only important for material purposes. What is written on the page has an immaterial significance. And then you've got the breaking of the white light, uh, as by magic, transforming it from a simple non-color, right, into all of the hues of the rainbow. And you've not, in doing this, so it seems like you have been very, very wise, right, that you have done something um, uh, great. That Like it's an advance. Again, it's a very persuasive speech by Saruman. And Gandalf says, no, you've not advanced. You've left the path of wisdom. If that's the way that you're going about it, that proves that you have left the path of wisdom. Um, You need not speak to me as to one of the fools that you take for friends, said he. I have not brought you hither to be instructed by you, but to give you a choice. Don't speak to me as to one of the fools you take for friends. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, back to the f- wise and fool, the you know wisdom and foolishness again, right? Radagast, the fool, Saruman, the wise, right? Don't take me like a fool. Obviously the only, the, you might lecture fools all the time, right? I mean, you hang out in the Shire all the time. So I trust you do lecture fools all the time, right? Um, don't speak to me as to one of the fools that you take for friends. Notice the insult there too. It's not just that you lecture at fools, Gandalf. You take them for your friends. You deliberately hobnob with those idiots out there, right? You lower yourself. I have not brought you hither to be instructed by you. Mike says, does fools include Elrond? Galadriel? Um, it probably not. Well, yes, though, actually, I'm sure it probably does. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it does. Um, but, uh, I think it's not whom he's picturing at this moment, right? I think he's picturing hobbits, maybe even the dunedine. Um, but, um, but yes, I think that Elrond and Galadriel, as they would not agree, as you say, Emily, would not agree with his policies, um, would, um, he would probably dismiss them as fools. It's true. Um, Sam says, in saying this, is he yielding the previous argument? I think that he's backpedaling for sure, right? Um, this is him dropping the argument. I'm not going to debate with you, Gandalf, right? Um, don't, don't lecture me. There is a kind of dismissiveness to, you know, he's, he's, I'm, 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 I'm not going to engage on this level with you, Gandalf, right? We're, we're we're not going to debate, um, because I'm not a fool, right? And don't try to, don't, don't try to take me, uh, for one. Uh, and WKU fan, I agree. I don't think Saruman is used to people retorting back either. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tora Martha and I do agree if you, I mean, if you think that his backing out of the argument at this point, uh, makes him sound a little bit weak or his position sound a little bit weak. Yeah. Not going to disagree with that. I definitely not going to disagree with that. Um, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I've not brought you hither to be instructed by you, but to give you a choice. And next week, we will look at the choice that he gives him. So we're going to stop there uh, because it's getting late. But there we have two slides tonight. An excellent accomplishment. Um, And next week, the recruitment speech. Right? That's going to be... that's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, thanks everybody for joining me. We're going to do our field trip now. So we're switching over just to twitch.tv slash SignumU. Uh, so thanks to the folks on Twitter who are joining me tonight and uh, feel free to join us on Twitch. And we're going to...
1: Good evening, there everybody.
0: There we zoom things. Hang the... on, oh, there we go. Got to redraw the okay. screen. All right, excellent. Oh, hang on. Don't even have my earbuds in. Gotta fix that. <laughs> okay. There we go.
1: Alrighty.
0: Okay. So Very good. I think
1: we can actually launch Carn Doom from
2: here.
0: Yes, we can, because we got right up to the instance door, so yeah. uh, we don't even have to travel. So are we I gonna fell up? Yeah, are we gonna fill out yet. Yeah. So how, how many? How many is? How many is this instance? Is this a six man?
1: Six man, and I think you have to be around level fifty for it to work. Okay. So yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll get started and see what we got. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, we got six exactly.
0: Well, oh wait, we I'm six.
1: No, I'm seven. Damn
0: no, it. you're seven. Oh well. All right. What's the, uh...
1: Alright, so, uh, I need a volunteer to stay behind on this one. Anyone? Anyone? Euler? okay. Uh, Sumalith, you, you you on here with us? Yeah, this is sign. Oh. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's alright. <laughs> My mic was collapsed this whole time. I didn't even realize it. Uh-huh. Okay. Alright, okay. Alright, so we got Sumerleth. Math. Uh... Alright, thank you, Beam of Boggins, for being a good sport about that. Uh, Kiriana, are you here with us? Oh. Okay, all right, all right, we're all set. We can launch the incident now.
0: Okay, great.
1: Oh uh, yeah, decorate your house for Halloween. I think they're going to be doing that festival soon. Cool. That should be fun. I I do like the fall festival that they do. does make me absurdly happy the fall especially festival this
0: year since we,
1: yes especially this year since we can't do trick-or-treating right i gotta say that the 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 passage we were reading is absolutely one of my favorite passages and i'm yeah. just so sad that cinematically it doesn't translate as well as how you'd imagine it in your head you do it in a movie or something, and it just, it, it's ladies and gentlemen, Patty LaBelle.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, uh, so... Right.
1: Oh, there's our old Newcastle.
0: All right, so that's the portal that we theoretically just came through? Mm-hmm. Okay. So hang on a second. The voiceover, which I couldn't hear, uh, because it was muffled, because my sound settings keep getting messed with, The capital of Angmar and the former stronghold of the witch king, Angmar's shadow has returned to this city in the form of the false king Mordorith, steward of Angmar. So this proves... Well, okay, I won't say it proves. It strongly suggests that uh, you know, we're saying like one theory, if this is all newer construction, one theory is that Karn Doom was leveled after the destruction of the Witch King and rebuilt. But that vo- that voiceover text certainly suggests that that is not the case, right? Um, yeah, yeah. If, uh, um, yeah, it certainly suggests that it's not the case because we, it, it speaks of it is the former stronghold of the witch king not like a new stronghold built on the ruins of the old stronghold and also sure. has returned to the city not rebuilt the city so um the that's suggest fair. yeah the suggestion is that it's definitely so that i think that's definitely which means i'm still not necessarily resolved on what the older stone is then unless as mm-hmm. you, as we were theorizing last time maybe an actual, actual relics of old Gondorian, uh, work, but
1: the, the black and white ones.
0: Yeah. The black and white stone. Oh,
1: cool. So location does not, uh, eliminate the idea that they maybe like put a, put a new uh, frontis
0: on it or a facade, right? So. That's possible. That's possible. Um, I kind
1: of want to do the Colladrial Dream instance again just so I can see what it looked like when they had... Oh! ...Mordirith on the balcony talking to everybody.
0: Right. Okay. Okay, see? Look, that's really interesting. Like, over here, we have the rusty metal. See? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just right there. Yeah. These guys could probably actually kill me because... You know, kind of, uh...
1: Yeah, these are... these Kind are of a wimp. Tougher than a one-hour steak.
0: Yeah, yeah. Narnian. Not really designed for combat. So, um... I'm trying to decide whether I think that these new... Blades, I guess, right on either side of the ramp here... Oh, yeah. Are new... I think they—they look a little bit rusty, which is unusual. I mean, yeah, most of the new fishhook uh, metal has been—has been much shinier.
1: Yeah, that oily purple. Same thing with the metal uh, behind it, on top of this wall here. Right. Very oxidated.
0: Yeah, this stuff right—this stuff right back here. Very brown.
1: hmm
0: Huh.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely a rusted. Yeah. Intriguing. Yeah, it's not that oily purple stuff we usually see. You you can even see it's right next to it.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. And I'm trying... I'm looking around... Hang on. I'm looking around the wrong direction now. Yes, okay. I'm looking around, like, at the towers. So we get all these spikes and stuff, right? So if you look at those kind of... We see the fishhook spires, right? Um, With the three points. On either side there, those look newer than the older, like the the kind of the wing bits on the sides of the towers that look kind of like bat wings on the sides of helmets or something. Yep. Those, I think, are older. But those other spikes are newer, the ones that we're sort of suspecting of maybe being involved in. Um,
1: uh we did kind of uh theorize that uh maybe the the glossy purple or uh, uh, sorry the glossy purple green hooks might have been used making a technique that prevented it from rusting right and that technique was lost
0: right exactly oh okay so this is the poison river down below
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah just like when we saw it in um what you
0: call it? Uh, Tarmoon? Mm-hmm. Was it? Right, Sursa. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then we've got the the goblins are more likely the pale folk living in their little yurts down yep. on the shores yeah. of the Poison River.
1: Oof. It's a different kind of bridge, isn't it?
0: My goodness, look at the level of overhang this whole castle, well, the front part of it, anyway, this next buttress in any case, Uh has this massive overhang above these columns which are supporting it. Yeah? That looks completely impossible to support the weight of that much stone. It's almost absurd. Wow. Okay. So... And then looking around behind me, I bet I'm going to see a similar... Yes, I am. Okay, so see, that explains it. That explains it. That explains why we've got the oxidized metal, because this is new. This is new. That, that I mean, that can't, there's no way that these metal piers have been holding up that weight of stone for more than a thousand years. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> that's just... there's no way. Um, so this stuff, and and we've also been saying that the bridges are one of the things that we, you know, that looks like it's been um, um, one of those consistently new pieces of architecture that we've been seeing are uh-huh. the bridges. So I think oh, yeah. this whole, set, both the land, the you know, this bridge and the landings on both sides, essentially, are sort of... Uh, um, our new construction, newer Yeah, look how decrepit the stone is mm-hmm.
1: over on this side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so...
0: definitely th- another...
1: There was another bridge here. You could tell there's another bridge here, and it got completely bent. There's little bits of rebar sticking out.
0: Yes. Right, right, over there, yes. It used to continue. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, no, I think... I think this is newer, and... Th- that would explain why over here in the older area so we've got the okay this is the or does anyone have an ornate gate key by any chance uh looks like we can't get in
1: huh Because guess i don't have that one
0: might be a short field trip
1: yeah. Is that something where we have to like kill all the enemies and then we get the Ornate Gate
2: Key? Yeah, basically you have to do some of the other areas and come back to do this.
1: Uh-huh. I do
2: have an alt that does have the Ornate Gate Key. I can switch out to her. Could have sworn I did all of these already.
0: Oh. Uh, Narni and I... Mr. I've never completed a quest. Oh, wait, except for the Seven Swords quest. So he has completed a quest. Uh-huh. Again. <laughs> um, Mr. I've only ever completed one quest. Uh, definitely has not done it. Um, Hang on though, I'm trying to decide whether or not your observation, your excellent observation with the rebar supports or disqualifies my observation. I still can't believe that that much weight could be supported just on a metal frame for a thousand years Mm-hmm. I just can't believe that. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to suspend disbelief on that point or not. Um, but I mean, the breaking off of this, because it does look like it did in the old days, just con- or older days anyway, just continue straight across, supported by some means or other.
1: Mm hmm.
0: But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the metal supports look like they're of the same sort as this bridge that we're standing on. Um,
1: they tried to fix it. And it went horribly wrong.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: Hmm. Huh. Well, poo. Got to figure out where an ornate key comes from then.
2: Give me a second. I'm bringing in an alt. Oh, Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, we'd be handy together. It would be a short field trip if we can only do the uh, outer courtyard. Yeah. Well, let's see what we can see through the ornate gate. Yeah. Which means I might need to back up a little bit here. Let's see. Backing up. Backing up. Okay. And hopefully not backing, backing myself off the cliff.
1: Bear. that's freaking adorable.
2: <laughs> she was Gamper, but when I brought her from the PvP server, she had to get a rename.
1: Yeah.
0: So... All right. I'm trying okay. to figure out the rationale. I mean, we must have talked about this. But why the choice... For those, like, the bat wing tower tops.
1: Well, one thing we figured is that it might be in mockery of the swan wings of a Gondor helmet.
0: Right. Right.
1: Are you guys still locked out?
0: No. Uh, no, we're good. I don't think so.
1: Yep. That must be it. I think I've done this, but someone else opened the door for me. Probably okay. Rachel.
0: Anyway, right, okay, I think that's what that must have been what we said, that it's like deliberately in in mockery of Gondor not the, not the swan wings, but the bat wings Or Delamroth, Um, maybe Right, right Um, They
1: like their wingly dinglies
0: Now, the evil Tudor houses, oh, look, this is an evil Tudor house that looks like it could tip over. Um, <laughs> I still say that these would have been built more recently. Yes. Like them squatting here during the hiatus period between the fall of the Witch King and the return of the False King.
1: Mm-hmm. Laster and Timber doesn't last forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Whoop, Cargill. Is it cargoal? Coming up from behind to the left. Yep. Ooh, Elite Master.
0: Coming up from behind?
2: Yep. Nine o'clock.
0: Oh, over there. Hmm. There he is. I
2: roasted him. He's dead.
0: So he was, what, hanging out in the basement of this house? Was no, he no, was
2: coming down this hallway.
0: He was wandering around here. Yep. Okay.
1: Like you do.
0: All right. Okay. Look at the door, though. The door again, with the. Those are the same patterns that we see on the. On the gatehouses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or the. Doorhouses, yes. See, this whole area looks like a. You know, this looks like a neighborhood, right? This is where Mm -hmm. a village of the. You know, and they probably erected this railing too.
1: Yeah, very similar to the one we saw when we first came into Carndum. Mm
0: hmm. Yes. Yeah, see, there you've got an old doorhouse there.
1: Let's see, we got some. Ooh, lookouts. We have a priest and a bunch of lookouts.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I bet you that the, you know, some of these sort of uh, different areas within old Angmar are able to be sort of used as demarcations for different, like, clans or, you know, sort of neighborhoods. Neighborhood. Yeah, so I guess is a neighborhood in here.
1: For services, like, you know, this is the smithy area, or this is the soldier area, maybe.
0: Right. Thank you, Druid's Fire. Why I, did you kill? I, I, I like the little bees hive above my head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Journeys are okay. Yeah. Ooh, spider.
0: Okay. Yeah, so there are a bunch oh, of so these cool. older stone houses which they clearly have inherited and then built up their
2: mm-hmm.
0: timber and plaster houses around them. Probably repurposing some of the stone for their foundations, I would say.
1: Yep. Looks like most of them, their purpose is just to, to keep the wrong sort from coming in through the front gates.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There we go. There's the big Mooney.
0: Oh, this requires an Iron Gate key?
2: Got knows.
0: Yikes! How vexing is that? I mean, I know like getting into Karn Doom is supposed to be the culmination of having done all the things. You know, in the original release of the game, so... Yeah. It just makes sightseeing a little difficult, that's all.
2: Just a bit. I'll just bring this character until we're done with Carn Doom. Yeah. Yeah, don't click on the iron grate.
1: <laughs> Courage, foolish, though, of me. always he's talked for this. Tarlock.
0: I like the kind of horned beast thing that they do with the breastplates of those trolls. It's kind of interesting.
1: Up for being
0: attacked from the back. Yeah, that's yeah, why that's, we can't, oh, that's being that's mobbed why we can't from get the, the back. There so like multiple waves of dudes from the back. Okay, well now one thing I haven't seen much of yet is much evidence of of the new fishhook stuff, like the new actual, like yeah. uh, you know, standing fishhooks. Or we saw a couple up on top of towers. Well, you ended that all right.
2: Yeah. Level 50 elite mob. 120 Björning. Somebody's gonna fall (laughs) over, it ain't gonna be me.
0: Okay.
1: Björn did good job.
0: Yeah, sorry, I'm looking... Okay. Yeah, this hanging cage is the first sign I've seen of the new fishhook metal at ground level anywhere around here. Thank you for opening the door.
1: Thank
2: you. Oh, hey, look,
0: I'm getting, I'm getting uh, deeds for uh, going in here. I don't think I've ever been in here before. I don't know that I've ever mm-hmm. seen this. I certainly did not finish all of the, like, completionist Angmar, because Angmar is so full of fellowship areas and things. It's really hard to solo at completionist. Yeah. It's a very frustrating place as, as a solo a completionist. Door.
1: This is a different kind of door. This is the ones we've seen back in um Sparagularun. Uh, Barad- yes, yeah.
0: the concave doors, yes.
1: Yeah, it's gonna put us in some sort of thunderdome again, isn't it?
0: I suspect I so. I With the prow of the you know, the the whole
2: There's bad guys in here, but it's looks well, pretty. Oh, nope, just a Frangmar. creepy tunnel. We're in the castle okay. of the Witch King. Twisted
1: fell spirit. All and right. a high priestess. Okay. <sighs> Oops, the wrong one.
2: That's the one. Hmm. That one shatter with bees.
0: Green torches. No, the way that the greenness picks up on the the trim and everything is really yeah, nicely spooky. It's
1: kind of like it's full of algae or something.
0: These doors are interesting though. I mean, like these just like double doors which look like I don't know what, like 19th century you know, formal dining room doors.
1: With these big romantic faulted columns here.
0: Yeah. And the doors aren't even openable, that's disappointing.
1: Yeah, it's not quite the, the maze of that one Elven Fortress and Red, Red Horden.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, Elendor? Oh my god, I hate
1: yeah,
0: that Yeah, Elendor, yeah. Okay, the map is fairly substantially large.
1: At least we got a map
0: this time. True. Ooh, a chandelier.
1: Ooh. I'm sure that'll go well for everyone.
0: Yeah, chandelier surrounded by... Hey, no skulls! No skulls or bones of any kind involved there.
1: Oh, it's just little sad pale folk everywhere.
0: Oh, and you've got the... the watcher statues looking down.
1: Yeah oh yeah look at that
0: and appearing oh, dang, almost, I... almost appearing to bow almost
1: They kind of look kind of real just a bit
0: yeah why did you kill him whom whom are don't we don't
1: ask me questions like that and i'm an adventurer exactly then i gotta think about things
0: does anyone know He's whom that title does anyone know whom that orc is accusing us of having killed
1: is that an orc saying that, or a pale? Folk I thought it
0: was that? an orc saying that, but maybe not.
1: No.
0: Well, this In looks like a pleasant. It this looks like a pleasant little parlor. Okay, it's less pleasant from inside than. Uh, it was uh, one of the pale folk
2: who said, "Who did you kill? Why did you kill
0: him?" Oh, it was. A, yeah, it was. So a, okay. I thought, okay. Uh-huh. All right, I thought it was an orc. Yeah, I'm
2: just a slave. Well, you did attack me.
1: Piles of garbage everywhere.
0: Yeah, I haven't lifted a finger against anybody. I don't know why anyone's upset with me.
1: Oh, look at the decoration on this fireplace. It's pretty ornate.
0: It's funny that fireplaces look, like, detachable.
1: It almost looks like an organ frontis
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. You don't usually see wooden fireplace, like, wood-trimmed fireplaces like that.
2: Wood's generally frowned upon when it comes to
0: fireplaces. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, not for decoration, just for fuel. And these little leaded glass paint wardrobes. This is quite a
1: fancy room. It's a shame it's covered in garbage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, these little wardrobes are really cute.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Trying to figure out where they got them from. Those look like birds heads on the top. They are. Yeah. Birds heads. I'm trying, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that the Witch King had these wardrobes commissioned, you know, for his castle. Look at all the friezes, the decorative
1: friezes over here. Wait, where? On the right behind the fireplace, this sort of greeny stone. Oh, right, yeah. Trim. Oh, that's Edwardian trim on the top there. You see the sort of crinolated, yeah, 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 edges, the down
0: crinolated yeah. edges Yeah, 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 the upside-down crinolated edges, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, this is all... this is, That's Georgian. Yes, all having that, like, 18th, 19th century English great house kind of... Which is not the feeling I, I expected from Carn Doom, to be perfectly honest.
1: Yeah, you, you kind of expect there's going to be a snug there and a landlord's going to bring you a pint down.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... And even the chandelier, like I said, no bones, right? We, just have, we have a heavy chain, which is a little stark, you know, but uh, but still I could see this.
1: It's so weird in context. The chandelier's got no
0: bones. It's not no bones. not a single victimized skull. I mean, what were they thinking? It's okay. No, but it's it's much crazy. less evil. I mean, the upholstery is... Like done by the Standard Evil Upholstery Company. This they got at a discount, clearly, from some. It's used, even, I think. So that was uh, the new management just rolled this out from somewhere else. Like, this will fit in that hallway in Carn Doom. But um, but the rest of it.
1: Welcome to Brankin's Furniture Liquidation.
0: See, here's another light fixture. Not working, of course, but. We got our
1: blue torches. They don't really need it.
0: Right. The torches have shifted to blue now. Huh.
1: Blue-y purple. But a blue, purple, and...
0: And then another orange. random wardrobe secondary, sitting over there.
2: secondary colors signify evil things.
0: Okay. Right.
2: Yeah, they were green ones when we first came in.
0: Yeah, they were.
2: All we needed are some orange torches. And, things. and then they've the secondary got... Secondary color wheels mm-hmm. complete.
0: Someone moved a wardrobe into here for some reason oh, tipped over the wood panel doors again alright oh this place is a mess but still with yeah. s- the same heavy wood panel doors
1: looks like there's a cave in
0: yeah well you know they can't help that look up Oh. oh, at the merivale yeah. hanging from the chandelier?
1: Different kinds of different kind of bones hanging from there.
0: But of course, it makes me think of those bat wings that we were looking at.
1: Oh, they do like their bat wing motif.
0: Also, I would add not just the merivale themselves, of which there are still several others up here. The vials their wings themselves look like, when they have their hands over their heads like this, are, you know, they look like those, the sides of those towers. Um, uh, yeah. But also, it's sim- very similar to the wings of the uh, the Watcher statues.
2: Yeah. Which
0: also have that too. kind of, like, half-wing thing going on. Yeah.
2: You mean, like, the ones here around the yeah. circumference? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that seems to have been a motif, not only of the, uh, of the architecture, but even of the, like, well, at the very least of the art, but even of the creatures themselves.
1: Yep. Oh, look, we got our orange torches. Look.
0: Oh, wait, wait, where's orange? Oh,
1: all around us. The outer rings. rings. Oh, here we go. All the secondary colors.
0: Okay, right. Another snug little room. Messed up floor, but similar decoration patterns. They do look yeah, nice the, from yeah. the outside.
1: With all the fireplaces going, you think this place would be like a sauna? Yeah. I can't I kill more Mirivel.
0: Yeah, they seem to not want to aggro. Really, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, they're
1: untouchable.
0: That's okay. Live and let live, you know? Yeah, okay. I'm sure
1: that's fine. I'm sure we won't
0: regret that at all. Nah, no, nah. No. Okay. Yep. Well, it's uh, getting yep. it's, it's getting weight. I probably shouldn't do the whole entire Carn Doom in one yep. night. Yep, but we, yep, can, yep. we can run straight. Is it just leaves? It's like I, dead ivy, right?
1: Yep, dead ivy.
0: Dead ivy. And a bench. Look at that cute little bench. Aw. It's got the sun, like, the sunburst thing, sunburst. like the like the, what do they call like the Hellman clans?
1: Well, I wonder if this is something like uh, Hellman used to do back. You know the ones that stayed in the Tudor houses.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's. What I think. Okay. So I think this this suggests to me very strongly, and it goes with the eagle or bird heads. You know, on the top there. I think that that's. So I think that the furniture is all new. I mean. Okay, like, big shock, this furniture is probably not more than 1,000 years old, but, um, but I think that this suggests that the—oh, well, looks like somebody aggroed something. Um, uh, so it—yes, um, I think that this suggests that the Hillman moved in here, right, and furnished the place during the hiatus period. And that's why we're seeing all of this charming wooden furniture, which is like, you know, which, you know, it makes some some sense, you know, that it's sort of. hmm.
1: you got to have some chutzpah to live in this haunted palace, though.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm a little bit surprised that they did. But somebody must have done it. Somebody with some fairly elaborate ideas. I mean, this bench is, you know, like the gold inlay. It's kind of a big deal, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's a fancy the piece. Door
1: with a leaf motif here. Yeah, it goes back to Tolkien's thing where evil can't create things. It makes you wonder: are these human are free will, sentient people who have mm-hmm. created art just because it pleases them.
0: Yeah. No, I think it was made by humans, and it was made. I think it was made by humans. What's more, outside of the time of. The Witch King, like during the hiatus.
1: Yep. Maybe they were even sort of happy and free and coming up with a good, healthy society before the Witch King sent his minions back
0: here. Right, right. No doubt.
1: Kinda tragic.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you can almost sort of begin to see, or think you can see, directions in which you know, like the society was moving. You know, before uh, before the return of the you know the whole uh, Angmarim culture. You know, the the, the revival yeah. of the Angmarim culture. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, I should um, I should stop because it is late. And I don't want to keep everybody yeah. too late. Um, but we made a good start here in Carn Doom. We can pick up here. Well, I'll, I'll try to find the patch of dead ivy just past the Meravile. We should be able to make it there. All right. Yeah. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of turnoffs. Or rather, there were lots of turnoffs, but the doors didn't open. So it seemed to be more or less of a yeah. funnel here so far. So finding uh, our place again won't be too It's definitely
1: hurting hard. us somewhere.
0: Exactly. So it won't be too hard to find our place again, in other words. Yep, yep. So, cool. All right, awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and we will be back again to continue exploring the rest and see what other wonders of gold inlaid, uh, you know, Georgian furniture await us uh, further inside Carn Doom. Not what I was expecting right. to find, but there we are. All right, thanks everybody. Good night now. Good night. See you next week. Thanks for joining me on this epic exploration of the Lord of the Rings and of Standing Stone's video adaptation of Tolkien's story. If you are having even half the fun I'm having on this journey, I hope you will consider supporting the project by donating at signumuniversity.org fund.